0: Hello, this is Catherine, as I know I need to stop talking. Hello, my loves, how are we doing? How's your week's been? My week's been fucking bonkers. I feel like life at the minute is just a bit fucking bonkers. And I reckon this is my totally non-proven, non-scientific theory. I genuinely think it's because like lockdown, and to be very clear, I have no desire to go back to lockdown whatsoever, but lockdown almost stopped any requirement to, to multitask or indeed do most things at all, even slightly and consequently i i feel like my brain is not geared up for like this now multi juggling of 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 just life just life and it, and it's wonderful and it's marvelous but it has thrown me a little bit these these last couple of weeks because things seem to have like ramped up and they are all brilliant joyous wonderful lovely things to be doing but fucking hell, my life admin list. My life admin list is as long as my fucking up. life admin. Nobody, nobody mentions this when you're a kid, do they? Nobody mentions life admin. Nobody mentions the, I can remember as a child on a, like a Saturday morning, I think it was, my dad going over to the, to the desk that we had in the corner of the room, like a bureau style desk and sitting and opening it up and, and doing something that looked really, really boring with lots of bits of paper. And now I know that I didn't like just misjudge what he was doing as a child. It was really fucking boring because life admin, honestly, I've got things to do. Like I've got to pay in a check. I've got to do my tax return. I've got to sort out my car lease. I mean, it's just adulting. It's very hard work that maybe, I, maybe that's going to be, I may make a t-shirt on that adulting. It's very hard work, but it is very hard work. And so there's lots of the fun stuff, which is amazing and wonderful, but the life admin just never fucking stops, does it? It's it's constant, it's constant. And yeah, I'm I'm just, I'm a bit of, well, a bit. I am one of world's like great life procrastinators because very clearly I'm sitting, <laughs> sitting here right now dicking about making a podcast when I could be finding my tax return, going to pay in a check, um, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I, I just need to, I feel like I need to get my shit together ahead of Christmas. So I'm gonna make myself a list. I'm gonna make myself a life admin list, which I will probably... Systematically fail to work through completely and start the new year with just as many things on on my life admin list. No, there's just a, yeah. I don't know if it's just me. It feels like there's a lot there's a lot going on at the moment and it's yeah it's been a ridiculously busy week to the point that i realized i actually haven't blogged for a week which is which is a long time and probably you're all very grateful for the peace and quiet but it's been a it's busy week we have new floors that's exciting news in the i know i need to stop talking household this week we have brand new shiny floors they are genuinely shiny i fucking love them i love them because carpet i have i've got a real love hate relationship with carpet like when carpet is new the smell of new carpet, why is the smell of new carpet not a perfume? Why can you not buy the scent of new carpet? I have been known to go to, if you have been to one of those big carpet shops, I'm going to sound unhinged when I say this, I've been known to go to those big carpet shops where they have the carpets on the big rolls and just go and walk along there and just like put my face like between two rolls of carpet and just smell them. It's like a it's like a really harmless fetish, I suppose. I mean, I, I assume it's harmless. i assume I'm not harming anybody by by smelling their smelling their carpet. It sounds weird when you say it like that, don't you? Smelling carpet, but I fucking love to smell carpet. So I love the smell of new carpet, but I hate the practicalities of carpet in a house with two children and three batshit fucking cats, so carpet is, was not a good investment, it came with the house, so um, it was definitely time to replace it, so we've got lovely new shiny flooring, and I had that little moment when the flooring was laid, and I was going, oh look at it, it's so shiny, look at it, it's so beautiful, and probably pretty much as I had that thought, one of the cats, not sandwich, she's a good girl, she's fine by the way, if anybody listening last week, she was going to the vets, she's fine, something to do with her kidneys, they can put her on special food and medicator, and she's fine, she was fucking livid about going to the vets absolutely livid and sandwich doesn't really do livid but yeah she she was livid about that but she's fine so it wasn't her she's a good girl but one of those two other fucking liabilities clearly went new floors how shall we christen new floors and i know what you're probably thinking you're thinking they're gonna go and piss on it and actually i would have been all right if they pissed on the new floors because i'd be like haha wipe clean new floors No, what they decided to do instead to christen the new floors was to go outside and catch and kill a rat and then systematically dismember it, um, disbowel it and leave its innards all over Jamie's floor because Jamie is their god because who the fuck even knows why other than cats fascinate him. He just sits, he just sits and laughs at them. He's like, look at them look at there ears; they're so weird, oh Jamie, oh cat. so yes, yeah, so we've, we've already christened the new floors, but no, new floors are lovely, and amazing, and transformative, and I'm very happy about that, then as if that wasn't exciting enough, yesterday, I only climbed over the fucking O2, didn't I, I mean, and actually, let me just give clarification, because that sounds like I've gone rogue, and just kind <laughs> of scaled the O2, you, for anybody who's not aware, you are allowed to climb the O2, I wasn't trespassing, they do this amazing thing called up at the O2, where you go up at the O2. It's a good name like that, isn't it? It kind of does, does what it says on the tin. So my sister Helen had very kindly paid for it as a birthday present for me. So me and Helen and my mum all went yesterday on Friday and climbed over the fucking O2. And do you know what's absolutely fucking brilliant? I would recommend it to anybody like genuinely anybody I mean I think possibly from a scale perspective so on the train on the way to London I was reading a book called Into Thin Air which is an amazing amazing heartbreaking book which is about the the terrible tragedy that happened on Everest in 1996 sorry that's like really really lowered the tone there <laughs> I'm climbing the O2 and many people died and they did and it's awful but it's a brilliant book I would recommend it wholeheartedly but I think therefore in my head I would kind of got it into my head by the time I got to the O2 that I was going to be climbing at our climbing at altitude and the thing is then when you get there it almost contributes to that feeling that you might be like gonna like summit k2 or something because they give you like a proper climbing harness which is very exciting and a proper clippy thing that clips onto the harness and does the clippy thing and this is why I'm not a proper climber um because obviously they have to make sure it's all, all very safe and, and very appropriate and it was just I tell you what, it was absolutely fucking brilliant and I mean I like heights so it's not bother for me but I think other people were more nervous about heights but it's all done very safely and there's like this little walkway that you walk up and as you go up the walkway they say to you don't bounce on the walkway because it's all kind of like like a bouncy trampoline thing and the moment somebody says to you don't bounce on a trampoline do you know how fucking hard it is not to bounce on that walkway but you can't because if you start bouncing everybody else will start bouncing that would be that would be bad so yeah, we went up the O2, and the first bit was genuinely very exciting because the first bit's quite steep, and you're like, yes, yes, this is it. I'm conquering the Hillary Step. Um, but then quite quickly it becomes much less steep and less steep again until you're you're up on the top and you're you're looking over 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 London, and it's just tell you what, it was absolutely fucking brilliant. I fucking loved it. It was genuinely genuinely amazing. So we climbed over the O2, and then after that, so I've had on my bucket list for ages. So I am a real foodie and and that is a terrible, terrible phrase. I can't believe I've just used the phrase, I'm a foodie. What a wanker. I mean honestly, that's such a wanky phrase, right? When anybody says I'm a real foodie, what they mean is, I really fucking like eating, and that is me, I really, really fucking like eating, and I particularly like eating in lovely restaurants, which of course during the whole Covid pandemic lockdown type thing, is something that's definitely been off the agenda, so on my list, it's been there for a very, very long time, because it is definitely a, needs to be a a big treat type occasion, it is definitely not somewhere I could afford to go every day, was the restaurant marcus by marcus Waring at the Berkeley hotel in london and we went there my mum my sister and i for this was kind of like part two of my birthday celebrations because i hadn't been able to be with them on my actual birthday itself and i tell you what it was fucking amazing like you know sometimes you hype stuff in your up in your head and you hype it up too much and it's not that good if anything this was fucking better oh it was absolutely fucking brilliant it was such lovely 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 everything lovely food but lovely toilets and i always say you can judge a restaurant by its toilets and the toilets in the barclay are fucking amazing lovely christmas lights even though it's not the start of december so why are your christmas lights up oh i know controversial it's a big argument going on in our house at the moment the kids and mr i know i need to stop talking would have had them up i think in august i'm like first of december no sooner no sooner because you have to like you have to have the build up, otherwise it's not exciting. But anyway, we'll forgive the Barclay because their, their their lights were very amazing amazing food amazing amazing champagne amazing wine amazing amazing just loveliness the whole way through and even for I was going to say fussy people like me but now I have a wheat allergy so I'm going to own that I'm not fussy I'm a fucking medical condition and I'm a foodie what a wanker um, but no I have got wheat allergy and they did beautiful gluten-free bread and they were so kind of lovely and then because it was my birthday I sound like a three-year-old because it was my birthday but because it was my birthday they did a little birthday card for me and then at the end and this has never ever happened to me ever they brought over a plate with a little pudding on it and they'd written happy birthday on it and there was a candle and I felt so special I genuinely did I've got a photo I might put it up on um I might put it up on the blog which is literally of me looking like a three-year-old staring at my birthday candle with just abject joy it was oh it was just fucking lovely it really was I mean it was in quite sharp contrast to climbing the O2 and all I can say is fashionistas you tell me now if there is a good way to dress (laughs) because we didn't have a chance to get changed So, if there's a good way to dress for both climbing over the O2 and going to dine at Marcus in the Barclay I mean please please tell me your tips I wore black jeans that was consensus from my work colleagues black jeans sparkly top and they lend you shoes and a jacket at at the O2 so so we, we were good we were good but yeah, it was brilliant. It was fucking, fucking brilliant. And yeah, it was like the best birthday party of any. It felt like a bit of a step up from when I probably was like five. And do you remember, I, well, I never had a birthday party there because it would have been out of our reach, both financially and in terms of, I don't think I was cool enough. But I once went to a girl's party. I think it was Rebecca. She had a party in McDonald's, oh my goodness, do you remember those little plastic mushroom seats that you could get and the excitement of Ronald McDonald because some t- somehow back then nobody was scared of clowns, who knew? Ah oh, yeah, well this was at least on a par with a birthday party in McDonald's, it was amazing, it was amazing. And then, of course, I got home that evening and I got back and Jamie was staying at her mates. Beth was there and I went, Beth, do you want to see the pictures? Mummy's had a lovely day. And she looked at me scathingly as if to kind of, you know, sort of derisively say, well, no, but you're clearly going to make me sit through this. So, so I kind of showed her the pictures. No interest whatsoever until I got to the last picture, which was one my sister had taken for her. Because Beth fucking loves fast cars. I have no clue why, but she loves fast cars. And outside the hotel was this particularly fast car, which my sister had kindly taken a picture of for Beth. Beth grabbed the phone off me, look at that, she went, whoa, that's a Bugatti, how, how do you know this, how do you know these things, I have to remind you to brush your teeth, but you can fucking name the make and model of a, I just, kids are fucking mental, aren't they, they're very weird so yeah that was yesterday and then you know sharp contrast because contrast is a beautiful thing so you know three o'clock yesterday afternoon i was sitting in the middle of the restaurants at marcus in the barclay and 8 30 this morning i was pitch side in the pissing drizzly rain um watching beth play football so you know contrast is a is a beautiful thing but it was no less enjoyment for that if you can hear background noise you won't be surprised to know it's another one of my fucking household appliances my printer is being an absolute prick do you ever have high household objects that are just utter fucking pricks like the potato masher full stop potato masher what an absolute cock i have never had a good interaction with my potato masher and as i was like don't like mashed potato i don't even know why i keep the fucker but my printer for some reason has got in on the action so every now and then like just now it's just started printing something randomly i i don't even know what it's just like printing random. what a dick Oh, dick, honestly household objects can be so fucking irritating anyway where were we so yeah uh, early morning match for, for beth's morning. i mean it was hilarious they don't usually play that early in the morning it was quite some distance away so you literally had all the kids rocking up like some bloke sad, saturday afternoon pub team all looking slightly hungover like, oh so tired as they staggered onto the pitch and then at the particular ground where we played this morning they very sensibly have like some of the some of the parents and the helpers have a have a stall where you can get like bacon butties and cups of tea so you had all the kids walking around in their pre-match warm-up holding bacon butties and with cups of tea um i fucking wish it was like that in the premier league that would be very entertaining but they did well despite telling us all they were so tired they won 8-1 which was a very good result and then this afternoon i am a proper grown-up because i've been to the fucking dump And I genuinely think, like, I know we have rites of passage when, like, you know, 18th birthday, 21st birthday, passing your driving test, blah, 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 whatever. I think first independent trip to the dump, there should be some kind of... In fact, I might bring out a range of greetings cards for adulting. You've been to the dump for the first time. Well done, you. Honestly. I never feel so grown up as when I go to the dump and I, Jamie tends to come with me when we go to the dump. He's, he's an excellent partner in crime at the dump. We always sing the going to the dump song. If you don't sing the going to the dump song, are you even going to the dump at all? To the dump, to the dump, to the dump, dump, dump. It's very original. It's a classic. It's a classic as taught to me by my father and passed down to my children to pass down to their children. Now for all of you to pass to your children, to the dump, to the dump, to the dump, 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 to the dump, yes anyway where were we it's been a very long it's been a very long week so we got to the dump and then I pride myself on being a strong independent woman who is capable if not more capable of doing absolutely fucking anything until I get to the dump when I immediately go into oh I can't carry this heavy thing it works a fucking charm every time every time we had this great big heavy thing to try and get out of the car and I just kind of just stood back and looked a bit pitiful and a man came and just took it away from me. It's absolutely marvellous. So yay, if you work at a dump, or they're called household recycling centres are now, there, but that's much harder to sing to the going to the dump tune, to the household recycling centre. Yay, see, so it doesn't scam. To the dump, to the dump, dump, dump. If you work in a dump or a household recycling centre, you are brilliant. Thank you very much. You made my life a lot easier this afternoon. And then Jamie's gone to the cinema again for the second week in a row, which is, um yeah, he's just, he's like getting old, he's like an old person, well no he's not, he's like young in throws of youth and everything, but yeah, it's such a weird transition when they get to this age, it really is. So I took it to the dump and and I'm very proud of myself because I genuinely it's quite hard, isn't it, as a parent, to do a, a good joke that isn't like a, a dad joke or a mum joke, but I genuinely managed to make Jamie weep with laughter. So I will share it with you all because it, it amused us both. So he's had a little bit of a um a little bit of a cough recently. Obviously he had COVID at the end of September, so it's not COVID, he's just got a bit of a cough, it's that time of year. He went to he's wearing the car, he went, Oh, he went, yeah, but I'm gonna have to try not to not to cough in the cinema. And I said, Yeah, I said no, probably a good idea, because obviously People in the cinema won't know that you've already had COVID and might be panicking. He went, yeah, he went, but you know what it's like when as soon as you tell yourself you can't do something, all you want to do is do that thing. And quick as a flashlight, I was there, I was just on it. I went, yeah, God, I know what it's like, Jamie. Someone tells me not to furiously masturbate in the cinema and there I am furiously masturbating. And he was absolutely pissing himself laughing. It was a it was a joyous, joyous moment. That's probably, I've peaked now on on Parenting Front. I think I've peaked now. It's probably all, all downhill, all downhill for me. But I am struggling a bit to be all things to all people at the moment, and again, I don't know if anybody else is finding that. I do think it's linked to that period of time when we did very little at all, and then probably still trying to get ourselves back into back into the swing of things. But I have learnt now, and I think I'm much better at this now. I'm I say now I'm old. I'm forty, and I know that fifty year old me would be like, "Fuck that, you young whippersnapper of a girl! Go out in your leopard print hot hot pants." I won't be doing that, just to be really clear. But I think I have got better at being a bit more circumspective at some of these things. I have learned that you do have to, when things are feeling a bit much, you can't just, I always used to think like you could just plough on through and you could kind of just keep stuff going. I used to kind of like try and keep like everything going. I remember when the kids were born and I had my kids, I had Jamie when I was 20. Oh my God, I can't remember. That's terrible, isn't it? 25. I was 25. I think I was 25. Yeah, I think I was 25 and nearly 26, which is not that young, but it was young compared to sort of my peers and things. So I kind of was in this weird world where I had this like whole new life but all around me like my old life was still going on like my mates were still going out and they were still staying out late and they were still having like long lazy Sundays in the pub and they were still you know going to the gym and everything and obviously you know what it's like when you have a brand new baby and I'm like what the fuck has happened to my life and I tried to deal with that by keeping my old life and my new life going simultaneously and it was a fucking spectacular fuck up it really was because that's not possible it's not possible to do everything you used to do and all the things you now need to do and i think Yeah, certainly for the first couple, it's probably when I started this blog, actually, because what better way to deal with the fact you've got too much going on in your life to go, aha, now what shall I do? I shall take on another project. Excellent, excellent plan. What a dick. But I think it was a way for me of trying to make sense of why wasn't it? I couldn't work out why it wasn't working. I couldn't work out why I was like letting my friends down, and then I felt like I was letting Jamie down, and I wasn't seeing Mr. I Know I Need to Stop Talking, and the house looked like a shit tip. And then somewhere along the way, I think probably, and it probably was like starting to do my writing and chatting to, to those of you, my original 108, I love you all, if there's any of you listening, I love you all. That was for newer listeners or readers. They, they were my original for a very, very, very long time. Well, for a very long time, nobody read the blog at all. And then for a even longer time, there were 108, and I remember the number vividly, core readers who, who read it. And God love you all, because wouldn't, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for that. And I think through kind of, you know, sort of talking to them and other people going through it, and I just realised you, you can't you can't do it all but I think at the time I think I panicked that that old life the you know footloose fancy free go out see people stay away climb over the o2 and go and sit in a lovely restaurant for the afternoon I think I did genuinely think that's it that's gone now off topic but it was a little bit like when my mum explained periods to me and I got really confused with periods I don't think it was my mum's fault I think it was me probably not concentrating skimming through the key information so when I first started my first period at the age of 10 I thought that was it and I was going to bleed for the rest of my life I was I mean in some ways it was quite good because when it came to an end I was like wow look at this this is amazing I've stopped my period it's my superpower then it came back the next month. yeah kind of flawed flawed a little bit there um where was like even vaguely going with that as always I hope you don't come to these podcasts for structure or focus because it's very clear we have we have neither of those things but yeah I think I did think that that old life was gone forever and it, and it is one of those things that I would really want to say to anybody who's like starting out now with new babies or you know young families and thinking fuck what's happened with that old life do I get it back And 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 you do and it's a bit different but it's not different bad it's just different different because then then you come back from lovely days out and you have your children to share with them and they don't give a shit about your lovely days out because all they want to do is look at a fucking bugatti in a picture don't know why i bothered don't know why i bothered but yeah i think it is a reminder and i think there was a really key moment and i can remember it so vividly because i was sitting in my car at traffic lights so beth would have been about three weeks old and she was struggling she had a bit of reflux i think she wasn't sleeping very well and obviously we had jamie at the time he'd just turned three Knackered. Jamie still wasn't sleeping. Clearly, we weren't sleeping. We were knackered as well. Mister, I know I need to stop talking. I was back at work, and I was like, "Oh fucking hell!" And then I came down with tonsillitis, and I knew it was tonsillitis. I've always had problems with with my tonsils, so I made a doctor's appointment and I went to see the doctor. And you know, when someone says to you, "How are you doing?" And that was it. I was it. I just sobbed. I just sat there and sobbed and, and tried to do that, that very British thing of, I'm fine. While like literally a lava river of snot is flowing out of your nostrils. Very attractive. But I remember like the doctor, she was so lovely. She was so lovely. And I think she probably said something along the lines back then. If you can't be everything to everybody at the, at the minute, it's just like one, one step in front of the other. One, one minute at a time. Focus on getting you and the kids through the day safe and well and alive and fed and warm and I remember getting back afterwards and sort of stopping crying and sitting on the sofa with Beth and thinking this is horrendous this horrendous I feel so ill I feel so tired but almost thinking so I can't do anything else because I was so poorly I thought I can't do anything else and actually then I had the time to recover and feel better and it was still fucking exhausting because two kids under the age of five is fucking exhausting and I'm still absolutely knackered but it was a real moment of realization in terms of you can't put you last, and I do think as parents, and I think it's possibly worse for mums, but I don't, you know, I don't say dads don't do it as well. I guess I'm speaking from the perspective of a mum. I think we are really bad at putting ourselves last i do think we're bad at doing that and putting everybody else first for all the right reasons but there is that saying and it's a little bit cliched but i do really like it you can't pour from an empty cup and i think i've spent big chunks of my life trying to do exactly that and then wondering why there's no fucking tea in the cup because it's fucking empty that's a terrible analogy isn't it it didn't really go So why are you pouring from a cup when you pour from a jug hang on a minute, this this quote is, yeah, let's rewrite it. Can't pour from an empty cup. Why would you pour from a cup? Pour from a jug. You can't pour from an empty jug. That makes much more sense. Okay, we'll rephrase it. We'll use that one. But you can't. Joking aside, you can't. You can't. You have to prioritise and give that time to you first, because actually by doing that, you're able to give more to the people and the things in your life who need you. And... I still need reminding of that now because it feels like a huge luxury and self-indulgence to take that time for you. But do you know what? Actually, like yesterday, having a day out to just just be me and just do some of that old life stuff and just switch off a little bit from parenting in between the texts from Jamie going, actually, I'm going to go to the cinema at a different time tomorrow. Is, is that all right? But But that's fine. You know, you'll always be there for your kids. But I do think for all of us, particularly in that run up to Christmas, when especially if you're hosting and I know, last year Christmas was quite bonkers for lots of us but especially if you are hosting and people are coming to you and there can be a real tendency for you to take everything on your shoulders but you can't pour from an empty jug or empty cup or empty vestibule of any type in fact some vestibules you can't pour from at all because they haven't got a little poury bit and then it'll all go over a bit where and then where will you be? I should write more motivational quotes, I feel I think I would bring some some reality to that so i guess if 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 you take one message from from today's podcast other than my life is abject chaos, which is very true, do take that time for you, and I think particularly in the in the run up the next few weeks um it often gets a bit bonkers whether or not you mark Christmas, it often gets a bit bonkers so so do take that time for you. no pouring from empty cups, jugs, vases, or vestibules of any kind. I thank you. I'll leave you with my highlight of the week which I haven't put onto the blog yet and I will get on probably this evening because this was just one of those moments which was just an absolute fucking gem. We were sat having dinner on Thursday evening and we were chatting about really nothing at all but obviously my kids brains go to very very strange places frequently. So we sat there at the dinner table and Jamie apropos of fuck all went you get milk from chickens? I said, pardon? He said, can you get milk from chickens? Milk? I said, from chickens? He said, yeah. I said, no, chickens aren't mammals. Who are He went, so, hang on a minute. What do they feed their babies? And Beth, totally dead pang and quick as a flash went, they feed their babies eggs. Ladies and gentlemen, my children. Have lovely weeks. Look after yourselves, my loves. Stay safe. Do take that time for you. I'll be back next week. Lots of love. Bye bye.